0: the past few weeks we've been looking at this cultural phenomenon known as Star Wars. You don't even have to be a Star Wars fan and, and you know at least something about Star Wars. And we've been taking this, this common cultural knowledge and we've been looking at, at how we can see God through this. How this, this story that we all know reflects and tells the truth of the God who created everything. Now, last week we were looking at the story of Darth Vader, of Anakin Skywalker and, and his journey to the dark side. And this whole story is told in what we refer to as the prequel trilogy, Episodes 1, 2, and 3. And we, we looked at, at how Anakin, he started off as, as just a young boy full of hope and, and how the, the fears of life dragged him slower, slowly but surely down the path of darkness. But that's not the first time that we saw Darth Vader. The first time that we saw Darth Vader was in the original trilogy, Episodes 4, 5, and 6. They, they came out all out of order, and I know that's really confusing, but, but, but stay with me. Darth Vader was introduced in the original Star Wars, and he reprised that role in Episodes 5 and episode 6. But you may be surprised to learn that in that entire original trilogy, Darth Vader only had 45 minutes of screen time. And in that, that first movie, he was only on the screen for a total of 12 minutes. Yet despite his, his lack of, of screen time, Darth Vader, even in that first movie, he solidified himself as the epitome of evil. I mean, people don't even have to be fans of Star Wars, and you know who Darth Vader is. And he is listed up there with the worst of the worst. But surprisingly, even in those movies, he doesn't do a whole lot of bad things. Like, in in the first movie, we we see him, and and he captures Princess Leia's ship, and he, he kills one guy in questioning him, but then he takes everyone else alive. And he stands by while someone else blows up a planet, but he's not the one doing it. We don't see him do a whole lot of bad things. And this is an area that I think, since Disney has taken over Lucasfilm, this is an area that they've, they've done some good. They've helped to to highlight the ruthlessness, the, the mercilessness of Darth Vader. In, in movies like Rogue One and the 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 Obi-Wan Kenobi Star Wars series, we get to see how bad Darth Vader truly is. In the Obi-Wan Kenobi series, he, he begins slaughtering a, a city full of, of innocent people just to draw out the rebels. And it's actions like this, slaughtering of the innocent, merciless killing, that we see how truly evil This man is. And it begs the question, because we know how the story ends for him. We know where he gets to in Return of the Jedi. And it makes us wonder, how can somebody like this, how can somebody who is so evil be redeemed? Or putting it in our, our own universe, our own understanding, how can somebody who's so bad go to heaven or, in general, can bad people go to heaven i mean it's the question that we all wrestle with it our i mean our, our knee-jerk reaction our, our first response is well no bad people don't go to heaven we have a place we have a place for good people and we have a place for bad people good people go to heaven and bad people go to hell that's kind of how how we understand this this dichotomy of, of good and evil That's not what Scripture tells us, per se. The the harsh reality is there aren't any good people. We discussed it in Sunday school this morning. Russ, when he preached for me, he he covered this exact exact topic too. 1 John uh, 1.8, if we claim that we don't have any sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. The same thing in, in Romans as it is written, there is no righteous person, not even one. We like to think, well, well we're, the, we're the good guys. We like to think that, well, you know, we, we, we have more light in us than darkness. And that's how we can divide that line. Because these people, the, the, the Darth Vaders, the, the Adolf Hitlers, the Jeffrey Epsteins, I mean, these are the bad people. They've done a whole bunch of bad things, and so they are really bad, and we haven't done nearly as many bad things, and so we are good. And we look at this and we you know, if we do bad things, I mean nobody's going to deny, we all do bad things. But the bad or the the good outweighs the bad in our minds. That well, I've done some bad things, but I've done more good things. And so that, that outweighs, that that tips the scales in the favor of my goodness. But since when do good deeds nullify bad deeds? Since when do me doing something good take away the bad that I've done? I've, I'm reminded of the, the Sour Patch Kids commercials. They're, they're little candies, and, and they're, they're sour, and they're sweet, and they, their commercials kind of play on this idea. And the, the commercials will have these, these little candies, and they'll do something bad. They'll get someone in trouble. They're, they'll cut somebody's hair when they didn't want to. They'll, they'll do something that we would say is bad. And there's the, the, the shock and gasp. Oh, I can't believe they did that. But then they turn it around, and they become sweet. And they do something nice, and they make it all better, because they did something nice. But that's not how it works. It doesn't work that if I just do something good, that it, it negates the bad thing that, I, that I've done. That, that's kind of how we look at it with all these bad guys, like, like Vader and, and Stalin and Hitler. We say, well, they have done so many bad things that there is no way that they can tip the scales back. They cannot do enough good things to tip the scales in their favor. And that might work in our minds on the large scale, but the truth is it doesn't work there, and it doesn't work on the small scale either. Because no matter how many good deeds I do, it can't undo the bad ones. My good acts can't undo my bad acts. If I I kill your puppy, that's a bad act. And it doesn't matter if I I say I'm sorry. I can can apologize. I can make amends. Maybe we can save the relationship. But that doesn't undo the fact of the, the evil deed that I've done. I can buy you a new puppy, but that doesn't bring the old one back. I can pay you $100 a week for the rest of your life. And I can say that's a really good thing to do, but it does not undo the fact that I killed your puppy. And it never brings that puppy back. No amount of good deeds is going to to outweigh or or undo an evil act. And this is what we looked at last week, where where Scripture told us that it's our, our evil desires... They lead us to temptation and temptation leads to sin and and sin leads to death and this is what this is what scripture confirms the wages that sin pays are death but god's gift is eternal life in christ jesus our lord you see we can't do enough good things because the good things don't cancel the bad. The price to be paid for the bad, the price to be paid for sin, is death. Nothing short of that is sufficient. And we can't pay that. We cannot sustain that no matter how many good deeds we do. But going back to the original question, can bad people go to heaven? This is, this is what we were asking If someone is bad, can they go to heaven? Well, we already looked at the fact that everyone is bad. Not a single person is righteous. Not a single person is good enough. It doesn't matter how many good things versus how many bad things. You cannot be good enough. But as we saw in Scripture, we can make it. But it's not because of you and me. And so the, the truth is, the fact is, only bad people can go to heaven. If, if any of us have any chance, it's not because we're good. It's not because you've done enough good things. It's not because you are good enough. It has nothing to do with your goodness. It has everything to do with Christ's goodness. Now we're going to come back to that. But I want to go back to Star Wars, because, I mean, we're in a Star Wars sermon series. We have to come back to Star Wars. And I want to look at at the life of of Luke Skywalker. Luke Skywalker, he is the son of Anakin Skywalker. And as we look at at Luke's life, what we see is Luke acts as a counterpoint to his father, Anakin. Anakin. Luke grew up on the same planet as Anakin. They both grew up on Tatooine. And and Luke wasn't a a slave, but he grew up as a poor farmer. And he grew up working and tinkering with with farm equipment and and bullseyeing womp rats and and piloting and, and stuff like that. He grew up, you know, a lot like his father did. And just like his father, his life was changed when he met... A Jedi Luke had grown up looking at the stars just like his father longing for adventure and when he finally got that chance he was successful right out the gate just like his father he was he was successful and and he was solely responsible responsible for blowing up the first the first Death Star reminiscent of of his father's victory blowing up the droid ship at the Battle of Naboo and this, I mean, it set him on the exact same path as his father. Early success, lots of, of pride and people, people lifting him up as, as a hero. And his goal through all of this, his goal through all of this is, was to vanquish the dark side, to get rid of the evil and the oppression in the universe, just like his father. His goal, his goal was to kill Darth Vader out of revenge. Out of wanting to balance the scales, and so he began his Jedi training. Master Yoda began to train him in the Force to to teach him the ways of the Force and, and how to use the Force and, and rely upon the Force. And part of that training, as we know, Jedi's have to conquer their fear. Fear is the path to the dark side. And so Yoda sends him into this dark side cave. He he explains that this this cave is, is shrouded in evil. And in that cave, the Jedi would face their greatest fear. And that's exactly what Luke sees as he goes into that cave and he has a vision in that cave. He comes face to face with Darth Vader himself. A battle ensues, and and Luke is victorious and he he defeats Darth Vader only to find that behind that armor, behind that mask, is himself. His fear is that he will be just like Vader, his fear is that he will fall to the dark side. Again, continuing the parallels of, of Luke and Anakin, Luke has a vision. A vision of the future where he sees his friends in danger. Just like Anakin saw his his mother and his wife in danger, Luke sees his friends and he's compelled to go help them. His training is unfinished. He is not ready to do it, but he goes anyway. Now things work out in Luke's favor. And he he survives. He confronts his fears. And he also gains the knowledge that this, this guy that he was seeking revenge to, to kill his, his... This nemesis was his father. There's that famous line, No, I am your father. And Yes, I got that one right. <laughs> this new information, it changes the whole scope of this battle. Because now the man that he sought to kill, the, the one that he sought revenge from is the man that he sought revenge for and he's conflicted he goes back to to yoda and obi-wan and and they tell him you have to confront vader you have to go back out there you have to face him once again but the question becomes what is luke going to do Will he join his father? Will he fall to the dark side like his father? Or will he be able to redeem him? And Luke takes the only avenue that he sees before him and he surrenders himself to the empire, going freely into the hands of Darth Vader. And they have a very uncomfortable conversation in an elevator where Luke tries to to plead with him telling him, I see that there's good in you. I know that that there is that sliver of light. You may have suppressed it, you may have forgotten about it, but there is still hope if you will just give up the dark side, if you will give up your fear, if you will give up your hate. But Vader responds to him saying, it's too late for me. I'm too far gone. And maybe you've heard something along those lines. Maybe you have a a friend, a a loved one, someone that that is far from God. And you've you've tried to talk to them. You've tried to to share with them the hope. But, you know, if you would just surrender to Christ and they say, "Uh -uh, uh-uh, I can't step foot in a church. God will strike me down on the spot. I I am too bad. I am too far gone. It's too late for me. There is no hope for me. This is common understanding. But there is always hope. There is always a way. Luke goes to the second Death Star and he's tested by the Emperor. The Emperor tries to turn him to to make him come to the dark side. But Luke resists. He stands firm. But Vader has an ace up his sleeve. He, he senses Luke's fears. He, he senses his love for his sister, and Vader turns that against him, saying, I will capture her. I will, I will turn her to the dark side. And that's when Luke snaps. That's when Luke begins to, to, to lash out in his, his righteous anger and, and, and attack Vader. And, and he overcomes him. We said before, anger is not bad. It's how we use that anger. Be angry, but don't sin. And Luke goes up to that very line and he's on the verge of giving in to the dark side when he he realizes what's going on. And he sets aside his anger. He sets aside his hate and he prioritizes his love. His love for his sister, his love for his father. He prioritizes love over hate. He tosses away his lightsaber and he tells the emperor you've failed i will not turn to the dark side i'm a jedi like my father before me and then emperor palpatine begins to attack him and and electrocute him and and as as luke is is writhing on the floor as, as he's Agonizing, in pain, he cries out to his father, Darth Vader, Anakin Skywalker, who is standing right there pleading with him, help me, save me. Cling on to that that one shred of light that is in you. And Vader has a choice to make. Does he continue down the dark side? Does he continue down that path? Or... Or does he let go of his hate? Does he let go of of his fears? And, And does he embrace the light that his son sees in him? Darth Vader turns to the light. It costs him his life, but in the process, he is redeemed. He is saved. Anakin is brought back to life. Darth Vader is gone because of that one choice. Because because he chose good. Because he made the choice to stand with good over evil. Darth Vader is completely redeemed in that moment because of that choice. And see, that's the truth of the gospel message. Redemption is but a choice away. Redemption is is available to you. At any point along the way, nobody is too far gone. It's not about how many good deeds you've done and how many bad deeds you've done. It's not about trying to balance the scales because the, the price to be paid for sin is death. And you can't pay that. Redemption is but a choice away. But now God's righteousness has been revealed apart from the law, which is confirmed by the law and the prophets. God's righteousness comes through the faithfulness of Jesus Christ. For all who have faith in him, there's no distinction. All have sinned and fall short of God's glory, but all are treated as righteous freely by, God, or by grace because of a ransom that was paid by Christ Jesus. Through his faithfulness, God displayed Jesus as the place of sacrifice where mercy is found by means of his blood. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness in passing over the sins that happened before during the time of God's patient tolerance. He also did this to demonstrate that he is righteous in the present time and to treat the one who has faith in Jesus as righteous. See, the the gospel message is that you aren't good. You are not good enough. You cannot earn your way to heaven. You can't balance the scales and do enough good things to outweigh all the bad things. The good news of the gospel is that God took the punishment for you. God paid the price for you. When you couldn't do it, When your deeds condemned you to death, God took that pain, God took that death, God took that price upon Himself, and He paid that price, and in turn, He gave you His righteousness. He made those who were unrighteous to be righteous through faith in Jesus Christ. And it's not because of what you did, you are saved by God's grace. Because of your faith. This salvation is God's gift. It's not something you possessed. It's not something you did that you can be proud of. It's not because you were good. It's not because you did enough good things. You didn't earn it. You didn't deserve it. It's not about you. It's not about your goodness. It's about God's goodness. And God offers redemption. God offers life to those who would receive it, just like Darth Vader, you are not too far gone. You you have not gone too far down that path to the dark side to where you are completely irredeemable. That's not possible because our God fills the gap. Our God meets us where we are. Our God brings salvation to us when we could not achieve it on our own. All it takes is a choice. A decision to turn from our sins to repent to come to God to to embrace the light Now, the power of the dark side is fear and right now fear may be telling you that all those promises of the light they're, they're just that they're empty promises that there's no hope for me but our God has overcome fear our God gives us his strength our god gives us salvation and redemption and that's what we celebrate in the the sacrament of communion for those of us who have been in the church the the sacrament is a time to to recommit to God, to to reaffirm that that decision that was already made, to to stand firmly with Christ, giving ourselves to Him and receiving Him within us. For those who are just choosing Christ for the first time, those who are are turning from the dark side, it can serve as, as a confirmation of that commitment that choice to to receive Christ, to step into the light. In just a moment, we're going to sing one last song. And as we sing, I would encourage you to to look within, to vanquish the darkness, to to turn over the, the sin to God and to... To choose the light to choose Christ to to commit yourself to him whether it's the first time or the hundredth time and as we sing I would invite you to make your way down the center aisle to receive the elements the the bread and the juice and then to return to your seats and once everyone has has received the elements and the song is concluded then we will all partake together in the Church of the Nazarene, we don't have a bunch of rules or regulations for, for who can and can't participate in communion. It's, we don't, you don't have to take a special class. You don't need to, to reach a certain age. You don't even have to be a member of the church. All that's required is that you choose Jesus, that you have accepted Christ, that you have turned from your sins, that you have embraced the light of Christ. And if that is you this morning, I invite you, I encourage you, I want you to participate with us. But as we sing, as we sing, I would encourage you to, to recommit, to, to commit, to turn and receive the light and the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. Stand with me as we close in song. The good news of the gospel is that bad people can go to heaven that bad people can have a relationship with Christ because none of us are good. None of us. None of us have met that holy standard and we've condemned ourselves to death. But through the goodness of God, through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, He has taken that pain, He has taken that price upon Himself and He has given us His righteousness. That's why we celebrate. God is so good because God has bridged the gap that no matter how far away from God you may get he's right there with you calling you back to the light nobody is ever too far gone Lord Jesus we thank you for your love we thank you that that you pursue us God, that you would climb mountains, that you would kick down doors. God, that you would do whatever it takes to bring us to you. That we might turn from our sins, that we might turn from the dark and embrace the light. For Jesus, you are the way, the truth, and the life. You are the light of this world. And nobody comes to God except through you. And So God, we thank you. We thank you that you have clothed us in righteousness. That you have given us your righteousness, your holiness, your peace. That you have conquered all of fear. That you have conquered the dark side. That you've called us into relationship with you. And so God, I pray. I pray that we would bask in your glory. That you would walk with us as we go from this place reminding us of who you are and who we are in you. Go with us today, we pray, in the holy name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you guys. God loves you, and I love you, and we'll see you next week.